0: Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Craig Moorhead, and I am joined uh, by my co-pilot.
1: Your top guns, Craig. Sean Harwell, that's me. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening once again to the podcast where we talk about movies that have fallen through our cracks, at least, and some of yours. Uh, man, we're excited today because we're gonna do things a little bit differently. But nonetheless, um, please go visit neverheardpodcast.com, and you can find all our back episodes and go through oh, man, 50 whole episodes about mm-hmm. nothing but mm-hmm. movies that mm-hmm. uh, maybe you didn't see. Maybe there's some you shouldn't see. Right. But they're still fun to hear about. And uh, definitely a lot you should because we've talked about some good crap. Some good Sean, crap. Sean, how
0: much will it cost the good people t- out there to, to listen to this?
1: I can't even believe I'm about to say it. It's free. It's totally free. <sighs> That's a deal. You don't even have to pay for headphones or an iPod. You just go steal that, and and then it's even more free.
0: Totally, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm.
1: Home really invasion. Easy. That's what I'm talking about. I guess. Yeah. Uh, where else can they find us online, Craig? Uh,
0: they, they can find us. Uh, I mean, you can find us on uh, Instagrams, which I guess is really just on your phone. Instagrams, uh, tweeters. Uh, we're at Never Podcast. Uh, Never Heard Podcast, of course. Uh, t- you already said that um and and, uh, and of course we're on the on facebook and you can find us there you can recommend stuff uh just just type in never heard of it podcast and then then sort through the list of other things that are called never heard of it" podcast and somewhere at the bottom should be us and then you're there Then join up and
1: uh life-changing i think is the word you're looking life-changing. for life-changing yeah
0: that is the word I'm looking for, and uh, that's the noise I make when I'm looking for a word. It happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, so. it's
1: like an audible dictionary.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Craig, Subside. I have to, um, I have to tip my hat in your direction because I think what we're going to do today was um, uh, initially your your brainchild, and, and I'm super excited about it. We had talked a little bit uh, prior to settling on this about doing something that was a bit more. Of a project, or at least something that we could sink a couple episodes into, at least and have a thematic connection for the listeners, take you on a little bit of a journey, and uh, let's let's talk about what we decided to do because I, I think it was a great idea, and I don't even really quite remember how we settled upon it, but I I, I feel confident it was your idea.
0: Well, we were both drinking heavily, mm-hmm. first of all, and. I think, uh, well, actually, you know what? I I, I think of it, oddly enough, more as your brainchild. Well, thanks. (laughs) But um, maybe it's both of our It's an adopted brainchild. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, but you had mentioned earlier about, you know, doing sort of a deeper dive into one movie, uh, maybe sort of a longer format, uh, get into things a little more deeply. I think you'd been listening to Hardcore History. Mm -hmm. And uh, after you mentioned that, I started listening to it too. And I just thought, yeah, that would be an amazing... Podcast to listen to, um, and to do so. Uh, so we we had been kind of chewing on that for a little while, and then I watched Goonies with my kids, and I thought I could talk about the stuff that's happening in this movie for a good five hours straight. I feel like like there is there's so much going on in the movie and behind the scenes, and mm-hmm. has gone on since then. It just felt like man, we we could we could blow this wide open. And I mentioned that to you, and then from there it kind of snowballed into this thing where we felt like, let's look at all of the movies of 1985, yeah, and and let's really kind of do a deep dive into those and and see what what are the ones that aren't talked about anymore, and versus the ones that are, and and all that kind of stuff. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of uh, this is going to kind of be our um, our foundational episode. We're going to kind of get into uh the history of the world uh kind of say you know set the scene a little bit of yep. where these movies drop we're going to talk a little bit about our uh you know our own uh youngnesses uh what talk about our own childhoods <laughs> around that time i always
1: call that my youngnesses <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> my youngness and yours yeah but uh and uh and kind of put some of these movies in perspective and then uh and really talk about them. So, so one thing I'd like to say for anyone listening right now, if we've ever needed your feedback, I feel like it's now, because uh, we're gonna get into this now, but I mean, whatever thoughts you have, whatever bits of trivia you know, whatever uh, movies you feel like are underappreciated, maybe from the year 1985, things like that, man, please let us know, because uh, we'd both like to make this as comprehensive as possible as we kind of look at the year 1985 in movies.
1: It took all of about five seconds of looking at the Box Office Mojo page for this year to just my jaw hit the floor. I, I cannot believe how many movies there are that I think left at least a like a, an impact on the pop mm-hmm. culture landscape, whether they're good movies or bad movies, um, but just just movies that I feel like are still in the collective consciousness. So obviously what that means is there's a lot of movies that people will have heard of, you know, despite the name of the show. But what we're going to try to do is at least, you know, when we get into the next episode and beyond, um, probably take a movie that is really, really well-known like Goonies and then pair it with something that was at least less successful, um, like Explorers, which I was surprised to find out, and we'll get to this in a little bit, didn't do quite as well <laughs> as it did yeah, in my head. I was
0: so surprised. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, there's another movie like Daryl that might fit thematically. So there, there's a bunch of these. You know, when you look at it as a whole, it's easy to see where the studios were trying to hit similar uh, goalposts with a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's, that's kind of how we're going to format. We'll keep you posted on, on the movies that we're going to do in, in these full, kind of juicy episodes, but certainly. You know, if there's a movie from 1985 that you remember that didn't get talked about a lot, um, you know, that's that's not um, part of this crazy group of well-known movies, uh, absolutely let us know. That would be great.
0: Agreed, Sean.
1: I was, how old were you in 1985? I can't remember.
0: I was 10 and 11. 10 so in June, 11. I turned 11. So, yeah, I mean almost the best age for movies ever? Yeah, I was... Especially in the 80s.
1: I was eight. I was a ripe eight, so... uh, Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm a a little bit more of a youngness, but nonetheless... (laughs) Your your um, youngness
0: was greater than mine.
1: Yeah, and I think, obviously, we'll we'll talk more, but, you know, the prevalence of VHS in those stores in our lives, you know, it certainly makes it possible where a movie from 1985 uh, is still easily available and being watched by us in particular in 87, 88 and beyond, um, you know, probably yeah. up until those, like maybe, you know, maybe we stopped in college a little bit and we're watching other crap, right. but, um, you know, definitely we'll, we'll come back to the, all of these movies at some point in our lives.
0: Uh, absolutely. No question about it.
1: What else was going on in 1985? Do you, do you know?
0: Yeah. Well, so here's the thing in, in case, uh, you were a kid back then or you weren't even born. You millennials, you.
1: I hate you guys. Uh, (laughs) I don't hate you guys. That's awesome that you're young. Uh,
0: um, Ronald Reagan was our president. The actor? Uh, You may know this already. The actor. He was originally an actor who became president. Crazy. And uh, in 1985, so he had just been reelected the year before running against Walter Mondale, if you remember that guy, mm-hmm. which weirdly enough I do.
1: Yeah, I do too. As
0: a kid, I like I remember the guy. Uh I grew up in a Republican household, so I knew that Reagan was a hero, and that's mm-hmm. about all I knew. Um I actually knew parents of friends of mine who I mean they would talk about him like, well, I mean like he was a movie star. Like they, I mean they would like they were his biggest fan and they yeah. were just, "Oh, I just I was just out of nowhere, just, oh! I just love Ronald Reagan, and so now to look back and kind of see some of the stuff that was going on with him, and think like, really, you love that guy? <laughs> like, yeah.
1: No, I was in that uh, bubble too. As far as I know, he was like America. You know, it was him and, yeah. and Bruce Springsteen, and that was they were like all together, and yeah. uh, it was all a good time politically.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, just no clue about yeah anything. Yeah, no really wrong on that spectrum um
1: which is why i feel bad for kids today because i feel like they know way too much you know but without understanding it anyway
0: i feel like there yeah there's no way around it i think that's important to know true sure. so president reagan he's starting his second term uh there's already you know a number of problems the economy's not doing so great although his approval ratings are about as high as they get around this time So he's already gone through a terrible time. Yeah. Right after he was assassinated, his like approval rating is dropped. Anyway, it doesn't matter.
1: It was an assassination attempt.
0: If it wasn't, then he would have been dead.
1: Which we should point out and that attempt has a movie connection to the film Taxi Driver.
0: Yes, it does. Google it, kids. Yeah. So this is also the year Rock Hudson dies of AIDS. Yeah. Which... Again, as a kid, I definitely knew about that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know who Rock Hudson was. Nope. But that's when I was like, AIDS, like that sounds really scary. Yeah. Uh, My grandmother died of cancer. AIDS seemed like cancer to me. I was like, well, that sounds horrible. Uh, Let's see. We Are the World was recorded in January.
1: Sure was. uh, Released
0: later the year. Mm -hmm.
1: What a monster Um, that was.
0: I know, right? I mean that's another one you, you 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 can't get rid of. New
1: Coke was introduced and uh didn't last too long.
0: Lasted 3 months. And uh, and I remember trying New Coke and it was terrible.
1: I remember New Coke as well. I've been told that at the one of the uh offices, corporate offices in Atlanta for Coke, there's a running clock on the wall that counts down how how long it's been since the release of New Coke just as a reminder. Um, <laughs> never to go back. to the- <laughs> Well, I hope that's true. I don't know yeah. somebody uh, who's been recently. Let me know. But yeah.
0: Well, it it is interesting, and I'd like to look that up. I, I have no idea what was going on. Were they losing the cola wars or I, whatever I was going on? Like, I can tell you
1: that there is a screenplay in development about this entirely. I think it was on the black oh, list. Yeah, a couple of years. I don't know what the if it has any traction at the moment. But yeah, I feel like it's one I would I would watch with interest. If it's, well, next if, time if you're in LA, could you get that green lit? Yeah, I'll make sure it happens because I need to check that out. Okay, cool.
0: Uh, let's see. The FBI brings charges against the heads of five mafia families in NYC. I think Gotti is one of them. Yeah, like, that's around this time. So it's like, oh man, what what a what a I shouldn't say great time, but <laughs> but like, I mean, the mob in NYC was like yeah. crazy. Uh, Unabomber starts bombing. Mm-hmm discovery channel was launched oh and this is one of my favorites this is one of my favorite things and i didn't know about this when i was a kid but if i did i would have been obsessed with this richard ramirez the night stalker right had been terrorizing uh where was he well i guess he was in los angeles had been like terrorizing los angeles right he's a serial killer Yep. sneaking into people's houses doing awful things and no one could catch him it's this year he is chased and captured by citizens in Los Angeles. If you don't know this story and how it goes down, you got to read up on it. No, uh, also, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Megan Griffiths, directed a movie called The Night Stalker for a lifetime a few years ago. Kind of covers this kind of stuff. Check it out. Uh, it's one of the best endings to any terrifying serial killer story, true life wow. story.
1: It's awesome and coming from you that holds a lot of weight cuz that's your oh. your forte there.
0: Oh, it's it's my forte. Um, <laughs> Nintendo Entertainment System was released in US yes, stores? Yes, it was. Calvin and Hobbes debuted Mhm. Windows 1.0 was released. Yay. And uh Amadeus wins best picture in March, is that correct?
1: Uh I think that I is correct. So. Yes. Yeah, cuz that then, was uh Yep, That was an 84 film. Yeah. That
0: was an 84 film. Yeah, so that's kind of where we were as a country in in the midst of the Cold War to an extent. I remember as a kid worrying about nuclear bombs. Mm-hmm. Um even more than I'm worried right now. <laughs> Which is um, saying something. <laughs> yeah. It is. I remember my mom had to have a talk with me she, where she was just like, "Are you like worried that's going to happen?" Yeah, mom. And I was like, "Hell, yeah, I am." <laughs> And my mom was like, I didn't start the fire. I was like, all right, whoa. Jeez. Uh, But what about you, Sean? Like, where were you at this time in history?
1: Um, Let's see. I guess I was in school, basically. And that was pretty Mm -hmm. much it. That was the only thing happening in my life whatsoever. Uh, I was probably rocking my Michael Jackson Thriller shirt, even though we've talked about how scared I was of the music video. And movies... Are definitely making their way into my house around this time. We had a VHS player pretty early on, mm-hmm. and I remember somehow borrowing like a. I, I, did they have Laserdisc at the time, or there was some sort of disc format?
0: They de- well, they had video discs. Okay, which I guess were Laserdiscs, but but were they the kind that were like a disc, like they were in sort of a plastic thing that you yeah, had to put in yeah they were gigantic okay.
1: yeah and uh i don't I, whatever this was i distinctly remember borrowing uh another family's disc deck and somehow making co- copies which i'm sure was illegal of hell yeah uh, gosh just several like you know sets of books Bunny cartoons i think and uh there probably was a disney movie in there or two and a couple of things, and just and like being amazed by having these things on tape that we could watch at any point. Yeah. Uh, now this was also interesting to me because I saw that eighty five is is the year that the first Blockbuster Video store opened in Dallas, Texas. I have it on pretty good authority. I don't remember where I read this or if he told me this verbatim himself, but David Gordon Green, the director, was w- apparently one of the very first customers at that Blockbuster Video store, which makes total sense. <laughs> You know, I can just imagine him walking up there as a kid and waiting for this damn thing to open. And I love that, but I I don't know. I mean, I feel like, you know, this area is still kind of a a blur of definitely return of the Jedi, Mm -hmm. uh, ET. And then this year that we're about to talk about, you know, Goonies back to the future for sure. Um, and then even things like spies like us a little bit later when I was old enough to watch that. And just, a ton, ton of these movies, uh, which is really exciting. One of the big ones for me would be uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, you know, um, and yeah. m- I think everybody's introduction to Tim Burton for the most part. A couple other little, just film-specific things that happened this year. Um, before we we talk really movie-specific, uh, it looks like Sundance uh, took over the Utah uh, Film Festival. Um, it, mm-hmm. it started the process at least and was complete by 86, which I did not know that there was a film festival prior to Sundance that uh, Robert Redford kind of put his, his stamp on as opposed to just starting it from the ground up. Also, I think this is the year that you're seeing a little bit of CGI trickle into movies. Uh, notably, young Sherlock Holmes uh, had a, a stained glass character, a knight, I believe, which I've seen bits and pieces of that. And then black cauldron also had, I think Pixar did the, uh, uh, the stained glass guy and young Sherlock Holmes, which was a part of Lucasfilm. And then I think Steve jobs, I don't know exact timeline there, but it was all within either this year or the following year. And then, uh, black cauldron, I think had a little bit of CG in it in some ways, which, uh, again, we're going to get to all of that, but I know I had to see that movie. And I don't remember much about it, you know, instead, <laughs> yeah. and this is like the perfect example of what we're hoping to do in this little chunk of, of episodes. I remember seeing the freaking Care Bears movie in the theater, you know, <laughs> oh, wow! and Hey, it apparently made more money than the black cauldron, even though the budget on the black cauldron was way, way, way bigger. And that was a huge, <laughs> huge disappointment for Disney, which uh, is, yeah. is all part of this tapestry for this year that we're talking about. Why don't I go ahead and uh, we'll walk you through the Academy Awards for n- the year in film, 1985. Uh, Best Picture went to Out of Africa, which mm-hmm. I think we discussed, Craig. Neither one of us have seen this movie, right?
0: Nope. it's Heard about it, heard about it, heard about it. still remember uh, a Saturday Night Live uh, bit with, I think it was Joan Cusack on Weekend Update, giving a terrible review to it because she said none of it, like, she had no idea why people thought this was funny. This is not a funny movie.
1: <laughs> I am curious, like, if do people rewatch that movie, or are people big out of Africa well, fans out there? Uh, Sidney Pollack took home Best question. Director, and, yeah. and obviously, I mean, that dude was a master. So uh, amazing year for him. Uh, Best Actor: William Hurt, Kisses the Spider Woman. Best Actress: Geraldine Page, Trip to Bountiful, which I think was I, I, that had to be a surprise. Uh, that looks like. You know, just yeah. based on the the box office, uh, it was not in the top 100 grossing films. So huge win for that small movie. Uh, Donna yeah. Michi from Cocoon, best supporting actor, big year for Cocoon. Awesome. Uh, Angelica Houston, supporting actress from Pritzi's, Pritzi's, Pritzi, Pritzi's, Pritzies. Pritzi. Pritzies. 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 Hey, Pritzi, Pritzi, Pritzi's Angelica, okay, that's enough Italian. Uh, best <laughs> foreign language <laughs> film, The Official Story. Italian. Which uh mm-hmm. I believe is also uh no Argentinian film. Uh never heard of that. No. I feel like that's gotta be on our list. Probably. And ah, oh, Best Award of the Evening had to be honorary lifetime achievement award for Jeremy Shore.
0: Oh, Jimmy.
1: I know, isn't that great? Uh Golden Globes that year, nothing hugely shocking. Uh on clean house in the uh comedy musical department, but Whoopi Goldberg, huge win for Best Actress Color Purple. Um, and John Voight, Runaway Train, best actor. So
0: that's another one I really got to see. Yeah.
1: Yes. And maybe the most notable thing about the Oscars for the year 1985 color purple, Craig, 11 Hmm. Academy Award nominations, zero wins, which tied a record. And, uh, I don't know if, uh, if that has been broken, I can't think of a movie that would have perhaps uh, yeah, taken that out neither. since then. But, uh, boy, I was I was surprised to know that. Um, and that Spielberg
0: to, must have felt terrible.
1: He must have just hated himself. What a terrible year he had with Back to the Future. <laughs> and yeah. all his and Goonies and everything. Rolling that his, around and crying in his money. Yeah, that his name was attached to in this thing. Uh, another just bit of trivia that i found hysterical and amazing from this year was that uh this was the year that brought us a view to a kill which was the 14th james bond movie one of the early ones i think that i saw i don't i doubt i saw this in the theater that would be a bit crazy for an eight-year-old uh that said i feel like i probably watched it on on video sometime before i was 12 right uh roger moore was 57 years old at the time and at some point he found out that he was older than the mother of his female co-star tanya (laughs) roberts and that just makes me very very happy um
0: i like the fact that it's even a story that he had any reaction to that like that makes me like roger moore a lot
1: yeah Uh, i I wish he
0: wish he hadn't already left
1: us well and i think uh very soon after that he was like yeah i'm, I'm done playing james bond <laughs> it's not happening again <laughs> um this was also a big year uh you know those of us that remember uh brigitte Nielsen, the actress mm-hmm. who uh unfortunately and you know this is the kind of thing that i think as a kid i definitely didn't pick up on red sonya huge flop fiasco uh this would definitely be one that i would love to spend some time looking into the backstory of and doing in a full episode uh mm-hmm. a slew of Razzie nominations and victories that year i think for that movie and for her in particular um and then if i'm not mistaken she was in rocky four um yeah yes as the wife of Dolph lundgren stallone she was Stallone's wife. okay see it's been a long yeah, time I, since I've seen I that so. one too. But uh, actually, maybe that's a good segue then. why don't we let's look at this box office Well, one thing for, I want to bring up too, okay
0: th- that's just good in a general history sense that was a huge change in movies in general and and led to the downfall of some of these movies that that we love so much or this kind of this kind of movie that kids could go see. Was this is the first year of the PG thirteen rating, mm-hmm. brought on by Gremlins, I think, and and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom from the year before, which everybody thought that, that's like that stuff's way too intense and yeah. it shouldn't be younger kids shouldn't go see it. But imagine a time when PG, I mean, if something was PG, my parents would be like, "You can go see that." They took me to see Poltergeist, right? They took God me to see them. anything that was PG, yeah. And I mean, I saw stuff I was not ready for, and uh, part of me misses that. Uh, and I kind of wish that wasn't true now, but uh, so that's the other thing. Like this is the year where you're starting to see PG-13 movies. Uh, but yeah, let's let's go more into the box.
1: Well, obviously. and I say, and it was successful. Um, there's a great article which we'll yeah. share from the Atlantic uh, about how this really was sort of the headline here is the last great year in film for kids and young adults. And to quote. Ebert, in his review of The Goonies, they selected a passage where he said, There used to be children's movies and adult movies. Now Spielberg has found an in-between niche for young teenagers who have fairly sophisticated tastes in horror. His technique is to take his 13 and 14-year-olds and let them act a little older than their age. It's more refreshing than the old Disney technique, which was to take characters of all ages and have them behave as if they were 12. I think that's a really interesting observation, and also one Mm -hmm. to think about now where I feel like there's exceptions Uh, I haven't seen the new Spider-Man but it looks like that one is probably making an obsession but boy uh, I feel like there's a lot of movies that have Young people and teenagers acting like 35 year olds going through life and death situations in these movies where they have to save the world, and there's a lot hanging on their shoulders. Where it's like instead of just aging them, like letting them act like they're you know a year or two older than they are, they're having to act like they're 20 years older than they are. Um, and that's yeah. kind of interesting, uh, in and of itself, but also, uh, just you know, from this year, uh, let's see here, also in this article, they mentioned that the biggest group of moviegoers indeed in 85 was viewers 12 through 24. Um, and that's changed sub- substantially too. In uh, in 2013, uh, it was definitely people over the age of 25 versus those under, um, they say that that is changing a little bit and I'd be curious to see exactly what it is now, but it feels like, yeah, that PG 13 rating, it, it had a significant impact. Um, and it sort of divided these movies into camps, I think, in, in a weird way, as far as where they fell within the box office, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to look at it through the filter of nostalgia, because as we get into this list here, a movie like Better Off Dead, which, good God almighty, I mean, I must have seen that movie a thousand times Easily. on video, right? I, it finished 82nd in the box office yeah. that year, you know? Um beneath something like The Purple Rose of Cairo which you know maybe it should because that's a Woody Allen movie but still sure. you know in my head I'm like no this is like a, a major milestone of a movie you know yeah. for teenagers um, in this big youth culture of the time but well
0: and I think it's probably a weird enough movie yeah to still hold up for sure yeah
1: maybe we'll find out that could I definitely would love to revisit that movie it's been a long time yeah but uh Let's go down through the top 10 of 1984 first, because there's another article from NPR about the substantial importance of that year's top 10. Uh, We've got Beverly Hills Cop, number one, Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Gremlins, Karate Kid, Police Academy, Footloose, Romancing the Stone, Star Trek 3 and Splash. And what they pointed out was every single one of those movies either a sequel itself, created a sequel, or a remake. And apparently Splash had a TV movie called Splash 2 at some point because they thought that was the exception. True. Oh boy. And their point being this was really the year that we started watching franchises. I think you could argue James Bond, maybe you know it, it was happening before then. Star Wars, perhaps, right? But as far as dominating the box office, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, so here we are, eighty-five yeah. top ten. Some similarity, but some key differences. I think Back to the Future, monster hit, over two hundred million dollars. I believe I read it would not be until eighty-nine when Batman came out that another movie topped two hundred million big big coup for them rambo first blood part two was number two and then man what a uh what a right left combo for stallone you got rocky for it number three i mean those two movies yeah he's over 300 million dollars and, and at the time i mean that's crazy because folks these were the only three movies that made over 100 million dollars last year There were exactly 30 movies that made over $100 million. (laughs) So that's. I I mean, mean,
0: that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Like even, even as a kid, I remember if something passed a hundred million dollars at the box office, that was enormous. Like, like the ticket prices, the average ticket price, I think around this time is like $3 and 50 cents. So it's like anything to pass a hundred million dollars is tons of people are going to see it. It's a big, big deal.
1: And t- for $200 million for Bat of the Future is just, oh yeah I mean, that's so gargantuan. And it's also, by the way, $60 million more than Rambo made. So, I mean, they just left that yeah. in the dust.
0: I mean, just, it must have been like tons of, of repeat viewing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, it had
1: to be. But also, yeah. I think a- across that audience spectrum, too, you know, they got everybody in there, which is interesting for a movie about a guy who has to go back in time and date his mom, right? But we'll save that for later when yeah. we talk about the future. Okay, so yeah, number four gets interesting because that's where Color Purple slots. And then right after that, you got Out of Africa. And right after that, you got Cocoon. Three movies, bam, 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 top ten, clearly targeting an audience over, I'd say, 40 at least, you know, in, in most cases. But obviously, they had to find some play in that sort of like 24 and up crowd or never would have probably reached those numbers. I suspect. I don't know. We'll do dive into that later. Uh, you got Well, Jewel- I will say this about
0: Cocoon is I remember seeing that as a kid and like it felt like I was watching a grown-up movie, but I was. it was also like like I, I was entertained by the entire thing.
1: mm-hmm Sure
0: so uh, yeah like uh, it's got laughs i I haven't watched in a long time science fiction it does make me wonder you know
1: yeah yeah i think there's all that like
0: it's just it's a crowd pleaser
1: yeah and like same with something like jewel of the nile which was number seven uh Mm -hmm. you got witness i mean yeah for the love of god witness i mean what an amazing movie that is number eight goonies number nine and number ten spies like us Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out number eleven is Police Academy Two, and number twelve is Fletch. I mean, it it goes on and on and on, and we'll we'll get to that too. But I want to stop there for just a second, Um, you know, because you know, as we said, you've got at least three movies that are playing to older audience. I would probably slot Witness and Jewel of the Nile in there to a degree as well, even though you've got kind of well-established action stars, male action stars in the leads of those two movies. But let's take a look at 2016 top 10 for just a second. Number one, Rogue One. Number two, Finding Dory. Captain America, Civil War, Secret Life of Pets, Jungle Book, Deadpool, Zootopia, Uh, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, Sing. Obviously, I think every single one of those is either a sequel or will have a sequel, uh, Mm -hmm. I suspect even seeing in suicide squad and it's funny to think about you know suicide squad being this big flop or batman versus superman and there they are both of them made over yeah. 300 billion dollars sure. which you know i mean it, well is, and and it's crazy
0: well the other thing too is is if you look at look at the number ones of of 2016 and 1985 so rogue one mm-hmm. opened in 4000 theaters Whereas Back to the Future was never played in more than, f- like, 1,500, 1,600 yeah. theaters. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, there, there's so many more screens to see this stuff on and uh, so much more money being, being brought in.
1: And I believe Back to the Future stuck around at number one for, let's see here, 12 straight weeks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, movies would play for a lot longer. Yeah. That- like, now they're gone in two or three weeks, like, even if they're if they're just not – complete smashes
1: yeah but also i think it's really to me the key difference between 85 and this year when you're just talking box office i don't see a single movie in the 2010 i mean i'm sorry the top 10 from 2016 that is squarely aimed at the adult drama crowd versus arguably four or five that would at least overlap with that audience in 85. Right. And it just. You
0: have to get down to like number 14. Yeah. Hidden figures is probably like the first one that's.
1: I think so. You know, you could argue Jason Bourne is, but even, you know, even that, you know, is still like such an action movie. You know, maybe La La Land at 19 is the big sort of surprise that's playing to the art house adult audience. But clearly that had crossover with, with younger crowds. So it's just, you know, it's a different, Different time, different animal, but uh, I'm just going to just randomly go through this list because there's so many to point out. I mean, yeah, European Vacation, Mask, the movie Mask, Share, number 15. I mean, that's a big $48 million success movie, which I had no idea was that huge. You got Breakfast Club, Pale Rider, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Brewster's Million, E.T., E.T. was reissued and still made $40 million. (laughs) It's insane. Uh, St. Elmo's Fire, Beyond Thunderdome, Mad Max, Commando, Teen Wolf, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, which is one I I think we both really want to look at. You know, some of these like horror films that year and also just sequels in general. Um, You got Desperately Seeking Susan, Madonna's on the scene there. Fright Night, uh, you know, classic. Summer Rental, in my head, that's a classic. I don't know if it still is or not. Maybe I'm crazy. Um, But boom, Summer Rental, Emerald Forest, and Weird Science right there, all three in a row. And if you had told me that Emerald Forest made more money than Weird Science, I'd slap you in the face, Craig.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. But you're a violent person.
1: I know. But I I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I'd never even heard of this movie until it was suggested to us by Heath, and there it is. I don't even remember looking it up when we watched it, even thinking it was possible that that was a, like a top 40 movie of that year, but it was it was ahead of weird science. Even, uh, you got care but I mean, bears. Yeah, They, they the, were
0: making the movies for late night, basic cable yeah. before they even knew they were doing it.
1: Exactly. Which is a fantastic thing. Um, and so, yeah, you got some, some big properties here. You got care bears, you got Friday the 13th part five, which is crazy to me that they were that far along. I don't know that timeline too well. Uh, Black Cauldron we mentioned was a, a flop. Twenty one million. Uh, Porky's Revenge, the third one of Porky's. Uh, Volunteers, which I think is a Tom Hanks movie. I'd never heard of. Young Sherlock Holmes. Um, Invasion USA this is a big you know Chuck Norris land again here. We're talking. Uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman. Death Wish three. King Solomon's L- Minds. Clue. I thought yeah. Clue was a much more successful movie. 57 mm-hmm. overall, Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend, the dinosaur thing that I know I saw in the theater, did better than Clue. Um, <laughs> Return of the Living Dead, you've got Vision Quest, real genius, Silver Bullet, Enemy Mine. Uh, Return of the Jedi, it was reissued. Uh, just one of the guys, Return to Oz, which my daughter just watched a little of the other day and seemed really terrifying. intrigued by. But, uh, yeah, I I didn't know. I mean, that was another, like, substantial disaster movie, which we'll probably need to look at. Uh, Some interesting ones that I think will be of note for just straight-up film fans, cinephiles here, and at least on the director front, kind of happening in the last third of the top 100. Uh, Purple Rose of Cairo, which I mentioned, we Allen, After Hours, I mean... Love that Scorsese movie, and I think that was like a big moment for him to kind of get back into the swing of things like if I remember correctly uh I don't what was the movie he made before that was that it wasn't age of innocence was it no no, no that was well uh. after i i anyway if if I remember my history correctly, he needed to kind of re recenter himself and just make a movie that he could enjoy making and i think it was after right. hours oh
0: he he made king of comedy before that
1: yeah okay yeah and so you know obviously that movie has its fans now and like this cult status but i think at the time it was it was not that um no. better off dead that we talked about uh lost in america albert brooks you know that's love that movie you got brazil in here the terry gilliam thing um 85 uh what was the other one well, the big one for me is actually not even in the top 100, and this makes sense to me. But it's a debut of the Coen brothers. Um, Blood Simple, where are you? Sorry, I lost it.
0: <laughs> I think it's on the next page, right? It is,
1: but it's so far down here. Okay, it's 138th out of, uh, yeah, out of the top Out of 180. 100. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even on this back half, you know, um, Transylvania 6-5000, which I loved that freaking movie. Yeah. Um, had Kramer from Seinfeld was in there. Red Sonja, a big flop that we mentioned. Heaven Help Us, which we did an episode on. I uh, really enjoyed that movie. Jim Cotta, I definitely remember that. Yeah. Rainbow Brights flopping around in here, doing her Rainbow Bright thing. Uh, you've got Ron, the Kurosawa movie. And so, you know, when you get back down in the bottom here, it's like, Okay. So there's some foreign films and there's some other stuff in here. Obviously, there's probably some terrible things. Uh Mishima, which I think is a Paul Schrader film. That's back there. Oh, wow. So, you know, it, it it is kind of interesting to look beyond this, but it just felt like this is an incredibly deep year. Teen Wolf was number twenty six. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you have a year like that as an actor in michael j fox's sort of like youth
0: well partially as i understand it teen wolf was not going to come out for a for a good while oh really but then back to the future came out and immediately just blew everything away yeah, they and, and i think it. they just because I, I remember watching back to the future and of course loving it and then uh and then seeing that that was out and i, I remember going to it almost just because of back to the future I, I, that, that was kind of the thought process It was like oh that guy we yeah come back exactly in the
1: i mean i'm sure it, uh, it, it gave them a boost i don't yeah i don't know if i saw that in the theaters or not but oh gosh i, I just loved that movie
0: yeah me too i've watched that so many times
1: so i, I think you know i don't know maybe we'll look back at you know one of these years in the 2000s and feel like holy cow like that was a monumental year that's really deep and and just has movies that people enjoy and embrace whether they're you know it's obviously a lot of these movies are never going to be considered classics yeah but they meant something to people and i think they're still in the conversation a little bit for sure and i think that's that's fascinating um there's some great stuff on the web. We're going to share as much as, as we can keep up with. You got to see the promo from Paramount that I think they sent to exhibitors for that year, where I think we referenced this up front. But I guess Top Gun was originally called Top Guns, uh, <laughs> which is, it just it sounds so stupid moods. to say, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I know it. It sounds really dumb. And and then and there's other stuff that's like just kind of a little bit off the mark, where, where it's uh, clearly clearly they were uh, planning on making the two Jakes for 1985 yeah. like Jack Nicholson reprises his role oh, it was like yeah, not I for like another few years yeah um, yeah um, that was, it was really disappointing after Chinatown but uh, what, what was the other one um, well they, they talk about Spielberg doing Peter Pan
1: uh, Hook yeah basically I think it, Hook was in development yeah. that early on and um, you know they were certainly talking about his box office draw just as a name and rightfully yeah. so
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh,
1: And then there's a great entertainment tonight, sort of like summer preview for the year where, you know, they talk with the producer uh, of this return to Oz fiasco, which they did. know it was going to be fiasco at the time, obviously. Right. Uh, They talk about Explorers looking like one of the films to beat of the summer. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just fun to kind of look at all this stuff with the presence of hindsight and I don't know. It, the biggest thing for me is wondering, like you say, uh, will these movies of today have this kind of like staying power? Because mm-hmm. they do seem to come grab their money and are out of the conversation in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And are... Yeah. Across the board, successes despite that, right? You know,
0: well, it, it's something you know, just this past week, uh, Dunkirk came out. We've done some talking about that, mm-hmm. and that's one of those things where there have been so many reviews just out of the gate about what a masterpiece it is, right? And how perfect a movie it is, and did well at the and, box and, office, yeah. There's, yeah. There's a, and it did well at the box office, I mean, it got people in, and yeah, it's, it's definitely a good movie. But it's one of those, like, when you get those kind of reviews, like, it makes me wonder, like, 10 years from now, are we still talking about Dunkirk?
1: Yeah, exactly. Even in the same way that, like, we may end up talking about something like Fletch, (laughs) you know? Or or think about Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, you know, it's a great movie. What were those moments
0: that you will never forget from Dunkirk that you're just like, when other movies do something like it, you'll be like, oh, but in Dunkirk? Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff. Uh, the other thing, well, and this is what I want to ask just, just to bring everything back to a personal tip. Uh, cause I feel like, I feel like we're kind of winding down with our foundational stuff. I think so. Yeah. My question to you is at this point in your life, how far up the ass of movies was your head?
1: Oh, not far at all. Really? Honestly, oh, okay. no, just as a, as a, as a moviegoer and knowing that I liked, you know, star Wars and the toys of it and you know, was into seeing cool, exciting things. And I mean, Goonies obviously is such a huge part of of the childhood there. I mean, that was the one where I walked away from and immediately went home and we taped flashlights to our bicycles. And we'll save some of this for the Goonies episode. But yeah, this was like, for me, it was just movies were the things to take home with me and then act them out and pretend to be a part of, you know. Yes. And obviously I think you know, we're not idiots here. Obviously, uh, maybe the real discussion to be had will be about, like, our kids and what they're watching now and, and trying to trying to predict what will be the movies that they've seen, you know, in their early ages. And the, the kids, you know, under the age of 12 are watching from the past decade. What, you know, is there a, a breakfast club for them that they're going to walk away from, you know, or a Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Like, what are those movies that might have that chance of of having those kind of cultural cornerstones. It's cool. It's exciting. What about you? I mean, were you thinking, were you even aware of of the process of filmmaking at that age?
0: Well, I, I didn't. Uh, well, no. Outside of watching the Star Wars, how the effects were done yeah.
1: things, Movie which magic. I think I,
0: I saw a number of times and, and was just so blown away by. It. And then sh- shortly thereafter, finding out that my dad had an 8 millimeter camera. Nice. I just remember him, me, me constantly begging him, can we make a movie with like these toys that I have? And he was always like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we never did. And thinking back on it, like it would have been really disappointing if I had made those. No, because in my mind, yeah. Well, I'm just saying like, in my mind, it was going to look exactly like the star Wars movies. And like, like, I I still would have had fun with it. And I probably would have gone places with it. But like in my mind, we were going to get an eight millimeter camera and I was going to be able to do exactly what those movies did. Yeah. And, uh, Some and, miniatures,
1: and uh, and, uh, and you're all yeah, coming. Yeah. Exactly. Some nice so matte it's, paintings. It's,
0: it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some bearded guys hanging around. Yeah. But yeah, like between the, that stuff and, you know, ha- having seen Poltergeist and so on, like I feel like so much of my childhood was spent, uh, much like you were just saying, like me pretending I'm in a movie. I mean, stuff like E.T., like stuff, Spielberg movies especially felt yeah. so much like what my life was like. Mm hmm. Just like normal, here's normal life. You know, yeah, that's totally, that's normal life. Like, I feel like I could be someone in a movie. Right. And identified so hard with movies. Anything that seemed like it was a part of a movie or anything that sold itself as being movie like, like, I just, I had to watch it. I was so, um, so pulled into all of that that's yeah so i just well that, and it's like,
1: uh it's interesting then that his his one actual like directorial contribution to 85 was a movie that was not at all intended for for kids you yeah know, it was color purple oh yeah so his uh, i don't know i guess that was really his sort of first foray into straight drama yeah if memory serves. Well, i mean
0: it was absolutely his oscar yeah bid like yep. his first one you mm-hmm. know like uh yeah, I'd kind of like to watch that again. Yeah, I
1: think we'll have to. Um, yeah. So yeah, well, on that note, again, it, you know, if you have suggestions for pairings, uh, specifically looking for things that maybe you know are, are are a less successful but related film to one of these kind of like monster hits or or movies that really kind of everybody knows from this year, that'd be great. You know, we'd love to hear that, and uh, we're going to do a couple of these, and, and we'll see what we can kind of get out of them and juice juice out of them i think you know there's an opportunity to also talk about just more than two movies i mean certainly you know when we get into the uh the stallone bronson schwarzenegger norris competition that's going on in Mm -hmm. in this year uh it might be kind of fun to kind of widen the uh the lens a little bit and, and look at them all uh can't leave out mel gibson mad max sorry um oh yeah so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting, interesting time period for movies. Uh, certainly change was around the corner in a lot of ways. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to dive into it some more, dude.
0: Absolutely. Sean, I'll see you next time in 1985.
1: And you may not talk. You will not move from these seats. All right, cool.